You're listening to the Holistic Spaces podcast brought to you by Mindful Design Feng Shui School. Episode 140, Meditation for Kids with Brittany Valentino. Welcome to episode 140 of the Holistic Spaces podcast, where we hope to inspire, educate, and empower you to create your own holistic spaces that nurture and resonate with you. Angie Cho and Laura Morris are the founders of the Mindful Design Feng Shui School. Together, they have over three decades of experience designing harmonious living spaces. Laura and Angie have guided thousands of people to shift their energy and revitalize their lives. Mindful Design School offers feng shui courses and certifications. Check us out at mindfuldesignschool.com. So this week, we're excited to talk about meditation for kids with one of my good friends, Brittany Valentino. So Brittany and I met while teaching meditation together at Dharma Moon, and we always had so much fun texting each other when we weren't supposed to be. And also we share a birthday. And anyway, I'm really glad to have her here. And she is a wonderful meditation and yoga teacher. And welcome, Brittany. Thanks for coming. Thank you so much, Angie. It's lovely to be here. And thank you for adding us on your your show here. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm very delighted to meet both of you. And I'm so delighted to share my practice with all of you. So thank you. You're welcome. So let me start with your bio. So everyone knows about you and then we'll chat. Brittany Valentino is the owner of Rooted Nest, an online yoga and meditation company based in Wilmington, Delaware. She is a 500 hour experienced yoga teacher and serves as an assistant director at Dharma Moon under, under the direction of senior teacher, senior Buddhist teacher, David Nickturn. Through her various works in the community, she has found a calling in correcting the social stigma associated with yoga and meditation for a more inclusive and healing environment for her students. So that's a really great bio. And actually, Brittany, you were just telling me how you are starting a contract teaching 365 young kids, right? Yeah, I um, I work with a company called Christina Cultural Arts Center in Wilmington, Delaware. And they have this great pro- program called Hearts Under the Hoodie. And I've been with them for two years, three years now. And it's a great organization. We offer like after school programs for kids normally. But this year, Warner Elementary invited us to do a couple classes there during the week. So that started Monday. And it's really awesome because we're teaching third, fourth and fifth grades. And I thought it was like another like, oh, we're just an elective. We go in. But we're actually part of the school's curriculum now. And it's me and another um, an acting coach from the program as well. So we have a classroom. We see three students, or I'm sorry, three classes a day. Um, and I'm doing that two days a week. So yeah, eventually awesome. I'll see all 365 of those kids. <laughs> That's awesome. That's great. Thank you. Yeah. And um, and then you texted me a photograph of the classroom and there's all these like colorful yoga mats. So you'll be teaching them yoga and meditation, right? Yes, it's actually going to be a yoga mindfulness meditation. We're really focusing on mindfulness this year, especially to um, enhance because it's a lower, uh, 
it's an inner city school. I won't say lower income, but so but we're trying to give them the resources that other schools have available to them. So we're really trying to enrich them with mindfulness this year. That leads us to one of the questions we wanted to ask you. Like, so how do you talk to kids about mindfulness and meditation? So it's a series of games and asana and movement, as well as trying to get them to hold the space of being calm and still and steady. So a lot of times I'll have to incorporate walking meditation. A lot of post meditation is focused on in this one, but um, first I have to open them up with a normal yoga practice. And then if I can get them to settle down, they're usually like I would a normal adult class, bring them into their seat, bring their attention and focus to their breath. And for them, I try and hold it for maybe five minutes, but it's usually two to three minutes to see if they can calm down. And we do like little spurts and little breaks. So I introduce it in between the lessons to try and bring their focus a little bit more in in between the movements. So it's kind of like a, we do some asana, we do some sitting, and then it goes on like that. Yeah. Kids, especially that age group that you were saying, that's a tough age group to get to sit still. Right. So stillness isn't the name of the game, I'm guessing, (laughs) but it's introducing them to the concept. And do you find that the kids are receptive? Like, do you call it mindfulness or do you communicate it differently? And do you find that they're receptive to the idea? So I've called it mindfulness this time around. So my class is literally yoga and mindfulness meditation. That's, I don't have a special name for it. And I just start, yesterday was the first day. So I started with what is yoga? What is mindfulness? What is mindfulness meditation? We went down through the definitions of those. And then we practiced a little bit of all three. And it really was receptive, especially the way that it transitioned from the asana to the cool down to the sitting down. And for the age group, they just want to mimic kind of like when you're at home with your small child or even with your puppies, Angie, they mimic what you do. So if you just stand up and start moving, or if you sit down, they do kind of the same thing. Monkey see what monkeys monkey do. At least my first three classes that I'm hoping that it continues that way. And I just feel like as long as you can model that for them, eventually it'll kind of gradually build into their consciousness that a good idea to do I guess, to follow that model. Mm -hmm. So the kids love to watch you do it. And then I guess copy Mm -hmm. one thing, do you bring music into it or do you find that it's better to have the silence? I'm always curious about what different child, young yoga teachers do. I've tried both. So I'm depending on the ages. Mm -hmm. So yesterday I started with my fifth graders. They were okay with silence but then the fourth graders wanted a little bit more action. And then the third graders, my, my little cherry at the end was bringing them in and playing musical mats. I love playing like musical yoga mats, like musical chairs. And then that's when the music starts. If we're in yoga practice, I'll usually start with silence and then gradually build up to some like of their pop music. The more that we get a routine going, we keep it PG to kids pop, but (laughs) But it kind of incorporates a little bit of both so that it keeps their interests versus just calming music all the time, because that's not always what they need, I'm finding. So part of the environment that you create for them may or may not involve music. And it sounds like similar to mindfulness in general, it's about paying attention to what is happening at that present moment, right? And so you're, you're seeing what the children, whatever class at that moment needs whatever it is, but is there, um, 
ways that you found that the environment can make a difference when it comes to meditation and mindfulness for kids? Yes, actually, with it being my first day yesterday, there was a lot of pent up energy from not being able to see kids over the last year. This school in particular was half hybrid, half not for this last year, and then they were shut down. So it was a lot of kids getting excited to see other kids again. And it was a couple of times where I had to like read the room, half the class was doing something, half the class wasn't. So to bring them together, we had a game, the musical the musical mats, which kind of brought them all together and got them having fun again. And there was some incidents that happened to like, make me be like, okay, we need to change course. But it's about, for me, it's about making sure you're touching in with everyone and making sure everyone is accepted and finding their way. But sometimes you do have to like, just switch it. Like you said, reading, like in mindfulness, read your, your clients. I feel like I'm rambling now. Oh no, this is good. (laughs) But yes, it's finding that balance yesterday of like, okay, what needs to be happening in the room? Because obviously some kids are feeling like, oh, I'm not watching them. So I had to Mm -hmm. be like, okay, all right, everyone pause. What do we need to do? Everyone come back down. All right, let's sit down, get back into our seats, and then we can, you know, go forward. I think that's all I can. How many? Yeah, how, I was going to ask how many kids at one point are you holding space for? Let's put it that way. So at this current moment, and I haven't met all with all my classes. There's six different groups or six different classes with the three um, age groups or three class mm-hmm. groups. So I've only met three of them so far. So. I apologize. Repeat your No, it's okay. So is it like a ton of kids? Is it 30 it is. kids? Is it 40 kids? So is it, my cat, you're not doing a, you're not doing 360 kids. No, all at not all. At once. <laughs> okay, so <good>. my <laughs> highest nuts. class will be 25. Okay. In this well, that's school. still, that's a that's lot of kids lot that of age. Kids. Yeah. For that age, that's a lot of kids. Right. And, um, so it's kind of like, I have to be an octopus. Cause you're, so that's like nine, 10, 11 year olds. Correct. Yeah. That's, that is, that's, and yeah. that's a um, prepubescent eight. kind of, um, still ki- very kid-like lots of energy and, but excited, but you know, I, I would say, I will say that that age is great because they, they can listen to a point, but when you get a bunch of them together, that's when the kind of the mayhem happens, right? So it was a little yeah. mayhem, but yeah, yeah. It was, it's as long as you can play with them, yeah. and get on their level and they can bring them to yours. It's, it's good, I think. And that's just kind of what you have to do sometimes, but yeah, I agree. It was, that's, that is when the mayhem happened and that's when it happened yesterday, <laughs> but it was good. It was good mayhem. <laughs> yeah. So I was telling them before, and I was telling Angie um, and Brittany before that I, so I have a son now he's a big boy, he's 16, but when he was four years old, five years old, gosh, it was a long time ago. I did my yoga training, but then I also, after my, my adult yoga trainings, I I went and did a kids yoga certification and, um, it's totally different. Like, I mean, totally different. doesn't even scratch the surface. Like the idea of, you know, asana. And I love that you are like breaking it down to that. And that you can, you, you still want to communicate to them, but you, you just, it's like, it's just different. It's so, so different. And, um, I, I actually used it as a way to connect with my son, like just to sort of get him 
involved with it so that he could benefit from this practice because I was doing it as an adult and I loved it so much. And I saw the benefits for me, not only from the yoga, the asana part of it, but from the sitting part and just from, you know, the meditation part. And I was also doing a deep meditation practice. And so I just thought this would be such a great way and, you know, to, you know, mommy and me groups and stuff. And it was really fun, but let's talk a little bit about, like, I know why I wanted to do it because of my practice, but what do you, because now you do it like every, you do it, you're so immersed in it. What do you see the benefits for this kind of a practice for kids? And obviously it's something that people, that schools are recognizing because, you know, they've given you this classroom. Which I'm still kind of in shock with, by the way, like after school to be in school, it's like way different, but let's see. Like you, I practice it with my son. He's, he's five. He started kindergarten today. He meditates with me last summer when the pandemic happened, he did yoga classes with me. He was my co-teacher and we've done mommy and me classes since he was 10 weeks old. So yes, I wanted to instill that in him. And that's where I started. And that's kind of why I wanted to build on my own practice. But by working with him from such a young age, because I stayed home with him the first few years, it just made me realize how needed it is and how much I wish I had had it when I was younger. So I feel like that's a gift that all kids can benefit from. And watching him grow into it with his mindfulness and the way he thinks about certain things, I've just watched him grow from like, oh, this little guy who has like a full vocabulary who can really articulate how he thinks without getting angry first. And then translating that into the classroom and the kids that I've worked with, I've worked with some inner city kids and I've worked with some really um, non-inner city kids, suburban kids, and just the vastness of like their mindfulness in like watching it grow from not having it into those two worlds to me are very different. And I've lived in both of those worlds. So watching someone who doesn't have that little seed of mindfulness grow into that flower of mindfulness is really, really nice. I had one family last year where I was just like, oh, they're never going to get it. And by the end of the class, they were my best student. They were like mindful and patient and very open to like listening to their peers versus jumping to conclusions or getting angry, which is what I'm finding that it helps with a lot of like those internal anger issues for at least my students that they can like work through a situation without jumping to anger first, if that makes sense. Yeah. So it sounds kind of a little bit similar to how we talk about the benefits for adults too, then, right? What did they, what do we say at Dharma Moon that um, you, re- you can maybe not re- it can it's not help. as reactive. Yeah, not be mm-hmm. as reactive with any kind of emotion, but allow yourself to acknowledge and feel the emotion rather than letting it take mm-hmm. over. Right. Mm-hmm. And and I've also seen it come out in their artwork. So one of the things that I do is after some of our exercises or mindful meditations, I'll have them do like an art, an art piece that they've been working on and or just comes to their head and just watching that even happen is very, it's very cool. Cause they'll start off being very insecure and unsure of themselves. And then by the end of class, they're like, Whoa, I drew that. That's amazing. Or, Whoa, we wrote that phone together. That's amazing. And it really kind of builds their confidence because they're like, Oh, okay. I can do this. It was really, 
I have one student in particular on Independence Day, the first class after they, um, we wrote, it was, he was the only one that showed up for class that day. It was me, him and his teacher. And we wrote this like four beautiful poems together about independence and freedom. And he was just like, I never knew I had all that within me. And it was kind of, it was really beautiful to watch him like slowly build himself up by using just, it was like a three minute meditation in between each segment of writing. And he just, it, it was really cool to see that happen start to finish in an hour time. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, that to me, cause it also sounds like what adults appreciate about it too. Nowadays, it's like the little things. I think. Mm -hmm. Brittany, could you share maybe with the listeners how, if they have kids at home, how they can begin to set up a mindful environment for their own children or in, you know, outside of a classroom setting? Um, hmm. from my own take of my own home, I prefer to have like a lot of silence in my house, unless, you know, the kids at home, he's making a lot of noise, but I like to institute like at least that 15 minutes before bedtime or that first 15 minutes in the morning when they wake up to like have silence so that we can breathe and hear our voices or our sounds naturally, or have like a conversation. And that kind of opens the door of mindfulness, like kind of setting your day. And then with my son, we've recently started doing it. We got away from it over the summer. It was a little busy, but he'll practice yoga with me in the morning. And that can be anything. You get, you can take a walk with your kids or something like that just to get their blood moving. And I know it's a little crazy because school has just started, but, and then have a, like, just have them sit down with you. And if you're talking about the physical space, I have like pillows and just make it as comfy as possible. I sit on the floor with him. We play games and I ask him and invite him to either practice meditation with me or just sit quietly with me. And sometimes that's him sitting on my lap. The dog comes in. We all kind of meditate together. But that's how I set up my personal space. And like sometimes there's a little incense, maybe if I'm feeling it. Um, sometimes I let him do the incense he'll another technique I've learned is that whole monkey see monkey do I'll let him guide me through meditation which is really nice sometimes and that was a really good um, tool for when I was teaching virtual classes which I still will continue my son when he was my partner he would he would give the instruction to the other children and I would be like, okay, what's the first step? And I would let him model. So that's a really good tool to pull them in is have them memorize it and then repeat it back. It's also a technique I use in my classes. I'll have a partner and they're the ones giving the class. So everyone, I would love for all 365 of these kids <laughs> to um, be a partner one day and teach the class because they really enjoy that. But fingers crossed, hopefully one day. <laughs> Wow. Wow. That's so great. And I'm so excited and for these kids that you're offering this to them and you're, uh, and especially offering it to a, a demographic of students that don't have, don't have it, um, or didn't have it. So I know you're a great teacher because we've taught together. So they're really lucky to have you. Well, thank you so much for sharing all about your expertise on meditation for kids. Brittany, can you share with the listeners, you know, I think you have some upcoming fall events. 
I do. Um, I will be working on the next meditation teacher training through Dharma Moon, and that starts in October. That is oh, such a wonderful program. Angie and I have worked on a few together. We're hopefully like getting everyone ready to go out and start teaching very soon. This is the fourth one that I've been a part of, and I absolutely love it. Um, it's a like I, I took the program six years, six and a half years ago, and I never looked back and I highly recommend it. I'm also going to be helping with the foundations of mindfulness classes in September and October, which will be every Thursday, starting September 23rd. And, and that is also through Dharma Moon. Yeah. So that that's at dharmamoon.com. That's at both at dharmamoon.com. Mm-hmm. Me, myself, I will be starting for hopefully for after-school programs starting later in the fall through Christina Cultural Arts Center in Wilmington, Delaware. One will be through Bancroft Elementary School that will be taking place hopefully in September. Another will be at Thomas Edison (laughs) Charter School. And um, I haven't really figured out the last, if we're the contract of the last one's going to go continue, but hopefully I will get my high school back. But <laughs> but that's all I had this fall. I was hoping to have a um, retreat, but my cabin is off limits until we get a better diagnosis on what's going on in the world. <laughs> oh no, but people can find you at rootednestyoga.com and we'll, we will have swipe, uh, we'll have links um, in the show notes where you guys can all find Brittany. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for coming. Thanks, Brittany. And thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Holistic Spaces podcast. Tune in every Monday for a new podcast episode. And if you like our podcast, you can share it with others, subscribe, and even better, you can leave a review. If you'd like to explore the world of holistic spaces and feng shui on an even deeper level, you can visit our website, online store, and blog for more information about feng shui and holistic living. You can support the podcast by checking out our feng shui certification program and our mini courses at mindfuldesignschool.com. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next week.